How good it is to see each and every one of you today. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we uh, find ourselves on the Linton journey. Uh, we have here these past few weeks, we're getting closer and closer to uh, Holy Week, uh, which is that uh, great focus on the last week of Christ's life. We've been focused on Christ and the good news that is ours in Christ. Uh, we, uh, we celebrate that good news. And I pray that we're uh, living into that good news each and every day, the good news that uh, through Christ we are forgiven, we're free to become the sort of people that God would have us to be, all of that uh, on account of God's offer through His one and only Son, the one who, uh, who offers life to each and every one of us, who offers life to the entire world. Today we uh, consider Christ as the the, the Lamb of God, and indeed it's a wonderful image. I uh, noticed that uh, on our back uh, window at the very top of, uh, uh, the, of the sanctuary, there is a stained glass window that has a lamb. Uh, the Lamb of God has come and has provided uh, great things for our lives. The story of the Exodus is at the very heart of the Hebrew faith. My Old Testament professor coined the, the, the phrase uh, salvation at the sea, uh, decision in the desert. Salvation at the sea, decision at, uh, in the desert. That salvation came as the waters were parted and the children of Israel were, were given the opportunity to be freed from their bondage in Egypt. And then, of course, they had important decisions to make in regard to how they would relate to God, God delivering His law, and would we, in fact, be able to follow God through the law and to know Him fully through it. Salvation at the sea, decision in the desert. The backstory of the Exodus uh, includes a series of plagues set in motion with the interest of softening Pharaoh's heart to the place where he would, in fact, let God's people go. The last of those uh, plagues was uh, one that was uh, indeed horrible and, and represented tr a tremendous amount of, of grief. Uh, there would be in that last plague the death of every uh, Egyptian firstborn son. The Hebrews were spared the, the horrors of that plague. They were instructed in order to, to offer protection to, to slaughter an unblemished lamb. And they were then uh, encouraged and instructed to, uh, to take the blood of that lamb and to uh, place it on the, the doorpost of the doors uh, there in, uh, in, in their homes. And upon applying that blood, the promise was that the angel of death would pass over that household, thereby saving the household from death. Death would pass over. The Hebrews were also instructed to, to get ready to travel. After all, the Lord was about to set them free. They were to put on their, their traveling clothes, if you will. It was a direct instruction. Since time was of the essence, they were also instructed to bake unleavened bread. There would be no time for the the dough to rise, for leaven to be used in order for, for bread to be as it usually was. Now, I just love bread. I, uh, I, I can't get enough of it. I know that we're being encouraged to not eat so much bread these days, but I eat it 
all the time. I like big, fluffy, rise over the, the top of the pan sort of bread. It's just wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> Everyone uh, has commented uh, on our use of Hawaiian bread. You know, we were using Hawaiian bread at Holy Communion. Uh, we couldn't get it during COVID. I guess it was supply chain issues, whatever. But now we found it, and everybody is uh, almost to the person has commented, oh, the bread's awfully good. <laughs> everybody likes bread with a lot of sugar in it. That's just the way it is, and certainly the way it is with Hawaiian bread. The unleavened bread of the Passover is, is very flat. It's very dry. It's almost like a cracker, and to be quite honest with you, really doesn't have that much taste. We'll, we'll have the opportunity to, to share in some of that unleavened bread at our Seder meal on, uh, on Monday, Thursday. We'll, we'll find that it is just that, just sort of plain and, and simple. It gets to the point, uh, certainly good, good nourishment, no doubt. More so, it uh, points our focus to, to great and profound things that God had done in and around the, uh, in and around the Exodus. We'll hear a lot about the Passover when we gather for that Seder meal uh, here in a week or so. One of the things that we'll learn about at that Seder meal is that the Hebrews were not only to prepare their bread without leaven, but they were to dispose of any leaven that was in their home. They were to just get rid of it. In fact, they were to even go to the place of getting a broom and, and sweeping up every floor in the, the chance that there might be some leaven on the floor. Down through the centuries, leaven has been understood. It has come to represent evil and sin in a person's life. And so by ridding themselves of, of all the, the leaven in their household, the, the early Hebrews were in effect cleansing their households of the sin that was so much a part of their lives. Paul writes in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, Therefore let us keep the festival, not with the old yeast, the yeast of malice and wickedness, but with the bread without yeast, the bread of sincerity and truth. And so the reference that Paul makes here is, of course, the, the festival of Passover. And he is turning that just a bit to, to direct things Christ's way. And he's talking about that without that, that uh, yeast of malice and wickedness, now in Christ, we are able to hold fast to sincerity and truth. We find ourselves well related to, to God. Just preceding that verse, Paul strikes an, an even deeper truth when he calls Christ our Passover lamb. Christ, our Passover lamb. Get rid of the old yeast, he says, that you may be a new batch without yeast. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. And indeed, we, we find ourselves immediately turning to the cross, contemplating the great profound things that God has done through His Son, particularly what He has done through His Son on the cross, awakening, awakening us to the opportunity of forgiveness and freedom that is ours in Him. 
The notion of Christ as our Passover lamb is foundational to our understanding of what Jesus does in paving the way toward our salvation. Just as the Passover lamb brought life to the Hebrews centuries ago, so Christ brings life to our lives even today. At the first Passover, the sacrifice of the perfect lamb saves the the lives of Israel's firstborn. The lamb also paved the way for the Hebrews to be released from bondage. They were no longer to be slaves, but now freed, and freed at last. For us, Jesus is uh, the final Passover lamb whose sacrifice paves the way for our salvation, for our new life, if you will. His sacrifice also paves the way for our freedom, the freedom that is ours in him, freedom, redemption from the sin that so often weighs us down. In Christ, we are not only saved, we are free. In a word, because of what Jesus did on the cross, the road to perdition becomes a highway which paves the way to forgiveness and freedom. I love this story told of of a church in in Worden, Germany, that has a lamb carved in stone on the top of their roof. It's said that when the church was being built, a stone uh, carver fell from a high scaffold. His co-workers rushed down to to see about him. They, They were all of the mind that he had died. To their surprise, he was alive, and he'd only been slightly injured. As the story goes, a flock of sheep was passing beneath the scaffold at the very same time that the man fell, and he landed on, one, on, on top of one of them. That lamb broke his fall, but was crushed to death. The man, though, was saved. To commemorate his miraculous escape from death, The man carved a lamb in stone, and he placed it on the roof, all in gratitude for the fact that the lamb had saved his life. So it is with Christ, the perfect lamb of God. His death, so that we might live, so that we might be freed from the hold of sin upon our lives. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The very words of John the Baptist as he begins to proclaim the the good news that Christ is indeed coming, and and as he noticed that Christ is coming uh, toward him, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the, the sins of the world. The great prayer, the Agnes Day, has been prayed and, in fact, sung throughout the ages. O Christ, you are the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Christ, you are the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. Let's repeat that together. 
O Christ, you are the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. Praise be to God for the great gift that is Jesus Christ, the Holy Lamb of God. May God bless us all.